0: And welcome into the latest edition of Sharpshooters. I'm David Schuster, and this podcast, as always, is brought to you by DraftKings and more from our sponsor in just a moment. And today, we're very fortunate to be joined by the best in the business. And that, of course, is Mr. Casey Johnson of NBC Sports Chicago. You can follow him on Twitter, as I do, at KCJ Hoop. And we're recording this on Monday morning, the day, and it's a good thing it's it's uh, only audio because neither one of us really <laughs> is very picturesque at this moment, but that's why it's audio. Anyway, we're, we're doing this Monday morning. It was the day after uh, last night's game at the United Center and back-to-back games tonight also. But Casey, a very impressive performance by DeMar DeRozan. And you know what? I don't know if he was already. I, he probably was. you got to put this guy in the picture for MVP uh, candidacy.
1: No question. In fact, uh Tim Bontemps from ESPN, uh, who actually was at the game last night, I asked him if he was lost since he's a East Coast uh base guys. Uh he 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 does a straw poll um, you know, early uh each season for ESPN and uh asked a bunch of writers, you know, kind of their early MVP ballot. And I was fortunate enough to be asked and I had him fifth on my ballot and and I had to leave off Chris Paul to do it, which you know, you look at the standings and you were like, You'd like to reward somebody from Phoenix. But if you just look at the season that DeMar is having, uh, my full ballot was Steph Curry, um, KD, uh, Giannis, Jokic, and DeMar. And if you just look at the the individual season DeMar is having, um, I mean, he's obviously the single biggest reason why the Bulls stand at 18 and 10. I mean, if he's not on this roster, I, I, don't, I don't even want to. Begin to guess their record. I mean, obviously, they have had a lot of great contributions from other people. It's a very well-constructed roster. We can get into that if you want to. But to, DeMar, to me, playing at this MVP level and you're spot on shoot is the biggest reason why the Bulls sit where they sit.
0: And I think the best part about him, and and you know, you're never really sure about a player until you see them on a game by game basis. I mean, I can go over all the players over all the years. And until they got into a Chicago uniform, you're just not 100% sure about them. But the one thing I love about this guy, not watching him. Is his clutch gene. You know, he's got that in his DNA. And obviously it's borne out in his fourth quarter play. I mean, he had 19 points in the fourth quarter. I think he's second in the league now overall in points in the fourth quarter to Jason Tatum. I could be wrong about that. So he's got that clutch gene, which you got to have if you're ever going to compete for a championship.
1: No, that's a great point. Uh, he is second to Tatum. And that's only because he's, you know, he missed the games um, in the health and safety protocols. So that's number of points for for fourth quarter average. He does lead the NBA at 8.2 points per game and just a spectacular performance last night. I mean, 19 points. And the best part about it, as you know, because you're sitting there courtside, is it, it doesn't even really scream out to you. It's not like some dominant explosion like a like a. Ben Gordon, you know, scoring barrage back in the day. It's just this methodical getting to his spots, surgically picking apart the defense. And that's why I liked what Billy Donovan said, where you know, he he alludes to just the calmness about DeMar. I mean, everybody in the league knows what he's going to do, and yet he still does it. He gets to the line seven season high 17 times last night. He gets to his spots. And here's the other thing, man. You know, he's a great scorer, but you know, career high in assists last year, game high six assists last night. If you send a double at him, he's not going to force the shot. He's not a he's not a uh, heat check guy. He 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 will make the right pass and the right play, and that kind of fits into this team's overall mindset. You've got a bunch of guys who are accomplished scorers, but also willing to make the right play. One last thing on tomorrow, we could talk about him. You know, for the
0: next half hour easily, but. What do I really love about this guy more than anything else is like he proves the analytic people wrong. He's got that mid range game. He's made a career out of it. And uh, you know, yes, you got to have a three point shooters on your team and he's taken probably more this season, maybe than ever in his career. I'm not even sure about that, but he, like you said, Casey, he knows, he knows his game, he knows his spots and teams can't take that away from him. He's able to do it on a consistent basis the mid-range game is alive and kicking with a guy like DeMar DeRozan.
1: And uh, Nikola Vucevic uh, uh, gleefully reminded uh, everybody how much analytics are uh, are overrated. He's not, Vuce is not a fan of anal- analytics and, and in talking about DeMar's mid-range game, post-game last night, he 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 brought that up. Um, you know, it's funny because you got another guy out there, on, uh, he was probably going to be going in the Hall of Fame one day on the other side, in, in and Carmel Anthony, who's, you know, made his living in the mid-range too, and, you know, yeah, you, you, you know, we're of the same you know generation or, or ilk. I mean, we've seen the game evolve, and, and I'm not hating on three point shooting. It's fantastic. It's fun. It's a great weapon to have. But man, you you come down to playoff basketball, you're going to need that mid range game. You, when you go in a one point game, and it's more physical, and refs are letting bodies be shoved around, you you need somebody to knock down that mid range jumper when when the baskets uh, get smaller and the points become more at a premium. So. This is why you know I I'm I'm starting to believe in this team as uh you know as a, it's all going to depend on matchups obviously this league is a matchup based league but just the the way they're built and constructed and their substance the way they uh, create turnovers and turn them into points on the defensive end the ability to score in multiple ways at the offensive end including the mid range game that we're talking about. It's it's got a, a foundation for playoff success. I mean, you're obviously going to need to get the right draws and things like that and be healthy, but we'll see how that plays out, obviously, down the road.
0: All right, more on the Bulls roster in just a moment. I want to go back to one last player in last night's game, and how can you avoid talking about LeBron James? He's still unbelievably great. He may not be as great, if I can use that word, as he was maybe three, five, eight years ago, but he still affects a game it's a really amazing. I mean, he's, what, now 37. He's in incredible shape. He can do what he wants for the most part on the court. He misses some free throws. That's actually a little slow, a flaw in his game, a small, small flaw in his game. But he's still incredibly great, and it, it is a pleasure to watch a guy like that play.
1: Yeah, I mean, you and I uh, have talked about this off off air before, off camera before, off podcast before. I mean, I, we, we we were fortunate enough to be around the dynasty era bulls and, and just, you know, being able to appreciate greatness is something I've never taken for granted in this job. And, you know, at one point, actually last night, I had the thought bubble pop into my head, like, Oh, should I take like a picture? I mean, could this be LeBron's last trip to United States? And I'm like, no, of course not. He'll be back. I mean, cause he's still playing at such a high level, but it is, uh, it is amazing to your point. I mean, this is season 19. And what I love about him is just, you know, he just knows he, how, how good he is because he had that slow start last night. He was not shooting well at the start. He almost looked passive at times when his first few shots did not go in. And then by the end of the game, he's just asserting his will on the game, taking over when you need to drive. He just put his head down. You're not stopping that dude physically. Um, And then obviously just a very willing on time, on target passer. So I'm with you, man. I could watch that dude play. 82 games, and I'm fortunate to see him in person twice a year now that he's in the Western Conference.
0: Oh, you'll be seeing him for years still to come, just like Tiger Woods is going to be playing on the PGA circuit with his son Charlie and witness what you saw in golf over the weekend. I think you're going to see LeBron hang around until his son makes the NBA. I I predict, but we'll, we'll see how that goes down the road. Um, you know, it was interesting also, and, and yes, when LeBron finally realized instead of shooting from the outside that he's got guys six four on him, it didn't make a difference who was guarding him. He's just going to take him to the basket and score repeatedly. there, And I want to make a point out of that. That's one area that concerns me, and I'm not a fan, so I'm not really concerned, but one area that should concern the Bulls, they are, are they going to be able to fortify their front line somewhere down the road? Because ultimately you can't guard guys 6'8", 6'9", 6'10", with 6'4", and 6'5", guys. I think it could be a problem for this roster somewhere down the road.
1: Yeah, and I mean, the only answer I would give to that is, I mean, this management team has proven if they if they have an opportunity, they're going to seize it. Um, so I'm sure they're mindful of the same dynamic that we've discussed and that I hear a lot about from fans, um, you know, over at my shop, you know, whether it be via Twitter or mailbag or email or what have you. So, uh, you know, I, I do think the asset cupboard is a little bit bare right now. I mean, you do have that Portland pick, uh, but, you know, Portland's no guarantee to make the uh the playoffs so that might not convey this year so I, I don't know I mean the, the one you always hear is Kobe White uh I don't know man you watch that dude play last night I don't, I'm not sure what his value is around the league and I, I'm not trying to hate on Kobe I mean he's had a very rough season and I wasn't expecting much last night but he just has not obviously found his rhythm yet this season for multiple reasons the offseason surgery now the COVID stint um but you know uh, it, it, I think sometimes fans think oh, oh you trade uh Kobe White for, uh, you know, uh, Harrison Barnes. Okay, well, that's not, that's not happening, man. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. But as as this management team has proven, if they see an opportunity, they're going to go for it. Yeah, yeah, great dunk by Kobe White last night.
0: That that caught a, a lot of people off guard, but his outside shot just is not there. I think it will be in time, and you're absolutely right. He's just out of rhythm right now, and, and so many factors go into that. Talk about the overall roster. Um. Specifically, Lonzo Ball. I mean, I, I craved Lonzo Ball for two years. He's here. He's been very, very effective. He's been a big cog in, in uh, the, being 18 and 10. Yet, I think there's still more of his game that he can still uh, eventually blossom into. He still doesn't go to the basket that often, doesn't get breakdown people in the lane. Is he conscious of that? Are they conscious of that? Or is this just his game that we'll see going forward?
1: You know, I'll answer that in a couple of ways. The first way I'll say is, uh, as you know, one, and I'm not complaining here, but one difficulty about the, the the new media access rules is you don't have a lot of time for casual conversation with these guys. So I, I actually, that question you asked is something I would love to pull him aside and ask. He, he's not a real, he's a very, he's a very pleasant and uh, mm-hmm. open um, interview, but he doesn't reveal a lot. But yeah, I mean, I, I agree it's like you watch him you're like he's so athletic and so smart why doesn't he attack the basket more I do think he he actually had that one really nice drive last night where he scored where he went all the way across the lane and scored from the right side he started on the left wing um but I do think in general his game is kind of more of a spot up three-point shooter and then just a connecting piece on, and I'm talking offensively but like you um I I I I kind of thought what he might be in theory. And now that I'm seeing him on a daily basis, I'm like, Oh my God, he's so much better than you and I thought he was. Cause he's just such a connecting piece. He does so many smart IQ basketball plays that do not show up in the box score. He had that huge deflection last night that kept that one possession alive that led to that huge hoop late. Um, he's just always around the ball. Um, I'm a huge fan. And, uh, you know, you, you, I don't think he's one of those players you can judge by his stats, I guess, is the, the way I would summarize it. So No,
0: um, yeah, right. I mean, it, it, I think his whole family, and listen, I'm mean, going to give some uh, uh, kudos to his father, I guess, but that whole family is a smart basketball family. Uh, you know, his brother, his younger brother, Lamello, he's more of a point guard who get, breaks people down and gets into the lane and gets to the basket Lonzo's just a different player, but Lonzo is so strong, although he couldn't hold off LeBron a couple of times in the lane last night either, but he's so strong. He's so smart. He's got those long arms. He deflects passes. Him and Caruso combined are worth a half a dozen wins, you know, probably a season just for their defense and their IQ alone. They're both incredibly smart and it's fun just to watch that. And you're right. That doesn't show up in the box score, but it leads to victories.
1: Yeah, no, he's he's uh, it's funny because you know, you, you 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 we were reporting on the the trade talks with the Pelicans, uh, the trade deadline last year for Lowry, and that's when you started letting your mind think about what he might be. And you're like, oh, you know, does, does Arturis have this guy pegged right? And uh, Arturis, uh, more often than not, is proven to be the smartest guy in the room, <laughs> so I mean, he's just he, that's what I mean, like. Maybe not on every roster he'll have the same impact, but on this roster he has the right impact. And that's, you know, again, you got to give credit to the management team for seeing this vision and and how he fits and how all these pieces fit. Because that, that to me, is a a dominant theme to this season. It's just how all these pieces are coalescing to make something greater than what they might be individually.
0: Go ahead, take a sip of your coffee, and let me uh, read this little intro or uh, this little sponsor ad real quickly. Again, we're brought to you by DraftKings and football fans. I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game, but with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on all the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Obviously, the elephant in the room, Casey, is the fact that we're still going through the whole pandemic I mean unfortunately it's alive and kicking the COVID situation a lot of teams you know have had to cancel games or their rosters are depleted Um, but now the NBA as of yesterday said that you can sign I guess as many replacement players as necessary so they're trying to avoid canceling games you still got that outside shot
1: you know maybe you'll sign one of these 10-day contracts it's pretty good money I hear yeah, it's uh it's a mess and you're seeing the different leagues respond in different ways. The NFL has obviously moved to uh you know, uh testing only of uh symptomatic players as long as you're vaccinated obviously. So, um it's going to be interesting to see how the league uh, net na- the different leagues navigate the- these challenges especially with the Omicron variant, you know, here and and if all experts are are right, you know, about to unleash unleash some pretty severe havoc. Um you know the NHL seems like it's kind of going the other way. I mean, you know they've got more Canadian-based teams. Uh, there's obviously a border issue there, um, and they're leaning more towards postponements, etc. But I don't know what the answer is. Above my pay grade, I just know, um, you know, it, it's it's it, it's a mess because you know it's it's so multi-layered. I mean, fans. I mean, you come to a game, you pay good money, and what if you get to that game? to see the Nets play and, you know, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irvin are in the health and safety protocols. It's nobody's fault. It's just, what is the right solution? It's, it's going to be tough. Um, I, I will say that I'm with you. It looks like the league's just going to push through. I mean, you can see it with um, their, their changing of the roster uh, restrictions and also, you know, the increased testing. So um, we'll see where this plays out, but uh it's 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 not fun because like you, I think everybody in the world thought that this season would be a little bit less impeded by the situation. But uh, this is where we are as a world, not just the NBA. Yeah,
0: it's 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 unfortunate, of course, um, and it's scary. Um, and, and all you can do as an individual and, you know, getting a little bit off base here is. Follow uh, the health restrictions that you know the, the experts put out there. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Uh, keep your distance. Get your shots. Get your booster. I mean, do all the things that help you out. I mean, I got a little bit off target there, but anyway. Um, let's talk about the rest of the league. Uh, Golden State has been a big story. They're going to get Klay Thompson back probably sometime next month. I don't know what's James Wiseman, but right now uh, they don't really need him. Golden State's been fantastic. Phoenix has been they had the very, very slow start. And initially, they got off one and three, and then they won their 18 straight games. And they, they're obviously near the top of the league. Utah's been real good in the West. And then there's a drop-off. I mean, um, h- how do you see that conference as of right now?
1: Well, I think those three teams are the favorite, obviously. Um, you know, they're all pretty proven to me, too. I mean, given what they um, did last year. I mean, Golden State, not last year, but has the championship pedigree and the DNA. So. Those three teams, to me, are clearly the favorites coming out of that conference. Um, you know, the other thing to point out about the Suns is they did a lot of this without Devin Booker, which yeah. is it's remarkable. Um, they're just another well-constructed roster. Um, a lot of a lot of toughness, a lot of mental toughness, a lot of belief. And then, you know, Utah, uh, very good defensively, very well coached. Um, but I, I probably would lean towards Golden State just because of what they've been through. And when, you know, you add your replacement player is Clay Thompson, who I hope uh, selfishly comes back in time for that uh, appearance here at the United Center, because I love watching that dude play. Um, You know, I I just think there's there's a lot lot to like about that team. Um, But Phoenix is going to be a tough out. So uh, those three teams are where I see the West. But I mean, for the first time, you can make the case that the East might be in better shape than the West uh, in terms of just overall depth and competitiveness. So um, it's funny how that's cyclical.
0: Yeah. I want to get to the East. Just one more thing on, on the West right now. Um, I guess the, one of the bigger disappointments is Dallas and it's very unfortunate because Luka Doncic is a great player, but he's not getting the help there. And I don't know if he's ever going to get over the hump, you know, down in Dallas and then Zion Williamson. I mean, he's a great player that I want to see play basketball. And unfortunately he he might turn out to have one of those careers like, Bill Walton, who went into the Hall of Fame, but he's always had that injury bug follow him throughout his career. Um, what are your thoughts on either of those two?
1: I'd maybe compare uh um Zion and hopefully we're gonna be wrong here to Sam Bowie rather than Bill yeah. Walton because of yeah. you know the the track record isn't anywhere near what Walton was able to do at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I don't you don't want to say you're oh, I told you so or you're right, but I mean any I mean everybody was having those conversations early in his rookie year. I mean, can that body withstand that game? I mean, you know, we used to have this conversation about Derrick Rose. I mean, the torque and the athleticism and the stress that they put on that body, you know, um, can, can it, can it withstand it? I mean, Derrick's obviously remarkably changed his game through multiple knee surgeries and just plays at such a high level. Um, you hope Zion can some somehow find a pathway to, to that and to better health. Cause yes, he's, he's a, He's a unique talent and a, and a joy to watch play. But I don't know, man. There's a lot of question marks there. Dallas, I, I've never been sold um, on them. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I, I just think that pairing of, of uh, Luca and Porzingis has a pretty low ceiling. Um, Luca is such a special player. You're right. But, you know, Hardaway, they gave that big contract to. I like Hardaway, but he's had a rough year shooting the ball. Um, I'm a huge fan of Jalen Brunson, but he's obviously more in kind of a secondary role there. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a disappointing team. And I, I, quite frankly, don't know where they go because you're, you're you've are you got that one superstar that you're obviously going to keep and build around. But then you've got a lot of tough contracts around that. Too. So that that's going to be that's going to be interesting to see how they navigate that. All right. Let's go to the Eastern Conference uh, right now. Brooklyn is your leader and listen, they've overcome a lot
0: of stuff already themselves, you know, with uh, the cold Kyrie Irving situation. We could talk endlessly about that. Also um, James Harden has not played well, even when he's been healthy um, and Kev- and Kevin Durant has been fantastic. I mean, what else can you say about him? Um, Milwaukee has, you know, had a lot of injuries. Giannis right now is out in the COVID protocol and then the bulls are sitting right there. And then the other team, Casey, and listen, their future is bright. is the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, Evan Mobley is
1: fantastic. I love
0: watching that kid play.
1: So is Jared Allen. I'm a huge yep. Jared Allen fan. I was to, back to his Nets days. Um, yeah, that's a really fun team. And they're getting drilled right now by COVID, which is hard to see because you love stories like this. But uh, they are young. They're athletic. Uh Okor is starting to kind of find his footing. Um you know, Markinen is you know, played about the way you expect him to play, but is actually working at small forward there just because they have that that huge front line w- when they're healthy with Allen and, and, and Mobley. So that that is a great story and a fun team. I hope they get healthy because I've enjoyed watching them play. And, and obviously, you know, they've been doing all this with without Sexton. You know, some people think that that makes them better in some ways because, you know, Garland is more of a, you know, true point guard, uh, although he's a fantastic shooter. But I don't know, man, uh, you know. Sexton's still a very good player. So we'll see where that, that story goes. I'm still sold on Milwaukee. I mean, I think they've been able to stay afloat through a lot of issues this season. They're obviously playing for June. They're not playing for December. Um, you know, Middleton's been in and out. Um, Lopez hasn't even played. DiVincenzo has has barely played, or has he? No, he hasn't played at all. Um, so yeah, I I'm they're they're right there and they, they haven't even been close to hole and they obviously have been through it. So I'm still pretty high on Milwaukee. And look, man, I keep saying this, uh, you know, I'll close out when I thought on the Bulls. Like people were kind of scoffing at the preseason and stuff like, oh, it's just preseason. You could see a style of play and an identity forming as early as preseason. And you're like, that's going to translate. So I have no idea. Like you, I do like size. So I have no idea how this it's going to play out in the playoffs. But this this team is not going away. This is not a mirage. This is not a team catching a hot streak. This is a well-constructed team with all-star players that is a very smart basketball team. It's not going away. So they're going to be, to me, in the mix for home court all the way through this regular season.
0: And that's good news for Bulls fans and even uh, people like us. Um, the the rest of the Eastern Conference, uh, again, we can go all the way down to the bottom. I don't want to go that far down. But there's been some disappointments. Boston's have been a disappointment, and they have soap opera issues also. Atlanta has had some injuries, uh, you know infiltrate their roster, but they've been a disappointment. And the Knicks, they started out well and they're plummeting right now. What do you make of those three teams?
1: Well, uh who's the first one again? I, I, uh Boston. I, oh yeah. Okay. So I, you know, I get a lot wrong. So the few times I get right, I, I like to trumpet it. I, I call it all three of those teams taking a step back this year. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of that Tatum uh, uh Brown construction. I, they're both fantastic players individually do not get me wrong. I just don't think that's a winning tandem. I mean, and and it's just not enough or in this. So I, I don't, you know, I, I I was not a fan of Boston. And then I do think Atlanta has a chance to write itself. Um, maybe not get to the level they were at last year, but I I I just thought the Knicks played over their heads last year. I mean, Randall to me is a great player, but he's not a lead player on a championship contending team. Um, to me, Derek Rose is still the best player on that team. And if, if you're saying that, that that means You know, and, and, you know, it's like we've been around Tibbs. We know how he treats the regular season. They maxed that out last year. I did not see them replicating that last year. Could be wrong. There's a lot of season left. But as of right now, I'm not surprised any of those three teams have taken a step back. I thought all three, uh, well, Boston didn't even have a very good year last year. But the other two, I thought, played above their level last year. Um, So we'll see how that plays out. Poor
0: Tom Thibodeau. He doesn't have many more hairs you know, to fall out of his head for worrying about all this. Uh, but hey, he's got good restaurants in New York. I'm sure he's still happy. Um, JFC.
1: I, I, you'll get that inside joke. JFC. Yes. That's, that's, his, that's, that's his favorite phrase. Yes. <laughs> um, ben Simmons is still out there. I mean, talk
0: about soap operas. You think he'll ever surface anywhere? I
1: don't know. I've kind of tuned that one out, man. I mean, to me... The, yeah, it's well documented. The, the smartest pathway is Portland, but it would be for McCollum, not for Dame. They're not trading Damian Lillard. So, you know, if, if, if Philadelphia ever, you know, accepts that, I mean, I, I don't know, but I, I, to me that's always made the most sense is Portland uh, Philly match. So we'll see if that happens.
0: Oh yeah. You mentioned Lillard 50 million uh, uh, over two years extension. I mean, uh is, or is it a hundred million over two years? What 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 did he ask for again? I I, I can't remember I mean, either. I mean, you know, talk about the national deficit. These guys could pay it off themselves.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I'll say this. Like I I've said this all along. I've never thought that that he would leave Portland, and I've never thought that they would trade him. I mean, that's a small market team. When you've got a guy like that, you've got to you've got to hold on to it. To part part of it's like a fan draw, right? I mean, he's so. Mm-hmm so uh embedded into that community so we'll see
0: but good fan base out there though all right listen casey appreciate your time as always uh get ready for tonight's game like i said uh with the rosters being where they are keep you know improving your left-handed jump shot from the outside you might be called on one of these days
1: always a pleasure shoot thanks for having me on